Live to see it, friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us, and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and I'm pleased to present part two of our special three-part interview with P.J. Manny, talking about her new book, Identity. Let's listen. Yeah, well, and you don't have to be a pessimist. You don't have to be a Debbie Downer to say, look at where we are currently with technologies we currently have that are supposed to be protecting us, right? I mean, right. we were talking about the Equifax thing, and, and, and I think that's a, that's a great example. We've got whole systems, whole structures in place that are vulnerable, that don't give us the, the, the security that, that they were putting. You know, I mean, here, the, the irony of ironies there is that that whole thing is supposed to exist so that, so that we can all feel secure and know that we have a credit score. And, you know, the whole, it's like it's supposed to be this whole trust-based system. And it's just this complete breakdown of that, right, when, uh, when, when that occurs and, and everyone scratches their head and says, how could something like this have happened? You don't want to be in that position, right? You want to have thought about these things ahead of time, and you want to have done what you can so, so, that, that, so that you won't be caught like that. Absolutely. And, and let's be honest, there is a regular mindset within corporate cultures that says, number one, if the people are actually the product and not the customer, we don't care what happens to them. And right. that's exactly the fact in, in credit scores, we're not paying them anything. Right. They're doing us something we think is a convenience to prove you know, who we are and our credit and all the rest. But in fact, we are a product for them. So when you're the product, all bets are off. The other issue is they're trying to do it as cheaply as possible. And they literally did it as cheaply as possible, which meant they had no security. Their password and their user ID was literally admin. Okay, I saw that on your Facebook, and I still can't believe it. It's not that I don't believe it. I just, I can't. I can't I know. believe it. It's, 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 it, <laughs> you know, come on, man. I mean, that's like, that is so outrageous. I'm actually, with that this latest... That is such an offense, isn't it? I mean, it just, it, it just it, it makes it's me insane. mad. It makes my stomach hurt. Well, and that. now with the latest, where they're, they're saying that the actual thing they had sent out was really a, a phishing, the, the, you know, log onto this site, and it was easily copied and turned into phishing by other people, but at the same time, it was actually just collecting our data for them. That, in fact, leads me to believe, and I swear I'm, I'm not the only one who's starting to think this, that they were in on the whole thing. Oh, and also the, the, the um, uh, insider trading. Um, there's so much wrong, there's so much wrong, that it can't just be a bunch of idiots. And I'm no, starting it, to think that there was actually a rhyme and reason to it. There's so much around that story, actually, that one, that you look at and you go, if somebody wrote this and handed it to me and said, hey, here's this movie script, what do you think? I'd say, nah. It's too many things. Nobody's going to yeah. believe that. Okay, you know. Was the head of security really uh, you know, uh, educated pretty much as a, in music composition? Is, is, is that for real? Yeah, I mean, yeah that's, that's for that, real. That, that, that part's true. That was her. 
Yeah. Now, well, to but be she fair, also had a master's in music composition, so it's not like she was just undergrad. Okay, so she had. Well, and it, you know, to be fair, and uh, I'm laughing as you say that my own daughter uh, is, you know, a music composition major, and she laughs because you know she wants a double degree in English, and all of her friends have double degrees in, or getting double degrees in mathematics, right, um, or computer science, or and when she talks about some of her friends in her department, what they're doing, you go, oh my god, you know, like they're physicists, they're computer scientists. There, like okay, that computer scientist and music major. I'd like you for the head of my security. <laughs> but but I, you know, it's really feeling like she was out of her depth and that this was not being taken seriously. Um, but it's just it's just one tiny bit of 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 all of this. And yeah. It, it's well, yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen people respond to that one, and they said, look, yeah, but she'd been out of school for a few years. So it's like, okay, well, that's what your degree is in. But a lot of people come up in the technology world through being a practitioner. So, okay, fair No enough. question. And, this, uh, and there's a lot of computers. people who don't have degrees. So who, yes. who rises well, let's, high let's say I, Phil, if I were writing this as a novel, I would not have the bad guy be her, right? I, I'd, no, no. no. The, pers- the, the person who put her in that position would be the ultimate bad guy. Exactly. Uh, you know, well, somebody yeah. who, you know, she's the sacrificial lamb. She's the one who, you know, it was, it, we put her in this uh, place beyond her depth and paid her this wonderful salary to be there. And, uh, and, and, there, and because she didn't know what she was doing, we could operate the way we wanted to, right? I mean, exactly. that, that's, if I was writing that as a novel, that's, what, that's the way I'd write it. Uh, I'd, that's, I'd, that's, I'd, that's, exactly, that's, that's how that you would do it. And, and yeah. then you got, I mean, you've got a real mustache twirler of a villain here. Right, because he's insider trading, also per PJ here colluding right with the bad guys, actually running the running the thing himself, and I guess set the passworded admin right. <laughs> this is the same person who. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just you know it, it it just every single time another story breaks, I sit there and I look at it and think to myself, I can't believe it can get worse than this. Yeah, I, you know now, I read that one. I'm like, I, I'm sure that's a mistake. That can't be true. That that had to be somebody's, you know, WordPress inside the company or something like that, and, and someone has misreported it. Because it's just like, there's just no, what do you even have a director of security for if your login and password is admin, right? I mean, that's just... I... For America's financial data. Hmm. This is, the, this is what I'm talking about. This is the thing that I can't even get my head around. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it's hard to. So, okay, but all that's to say, we digress, but all that's to say... If that can happen here and now with the limited technology we have, what the heck's going to happen when the computers are inside our brains, right? I mean, we've, we've already, um, we, we've, we've well, already seen... I can tell seen... you, my password's not going to be admin, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have so much fun trying to think up what your password's going to be. <laughs> we could do a whole show of just brainstorming passwords for We'll have to do that some Friday, Stephen. That'll be our uh, that'll be our geek out one of these Fridays. <laughs> That's right. We'll have PJ back on, and we'll we'll just spend the time thinking about what your password ought to be. Um, <laughs> another technology that's critical. Blockchain, obviously critical. I like I like what you mentioned about the uh, the the brain print. And I want to come back to that in a minute. But swinging all the way back to the one we talked, we kind of jumped the gun and talked about it at the beginning. It is very interesting what you said that that one of the industries that really built the internet as we know it is pornography that that the adult industry if you will created e-commerce as we know it that's 
that's what created the need for credit cards to be sent over the Internet. No, nobody else had a compelling need for that to happen, and they figured it out. They cracked that problem and created a world where Amazon and all the rest of it could, could potentially one day exist, right? So, I mean, It's even more than that. Pornography began the entire videocassette industry. It actually created the home, home viewing of videocassettes. It was Hollywood that had to catch up to that. Uh, even before that, they were instrumental in certain kinds of cameras and equipment being made, made smaller, made easier to carry because they were always on the move. They were in what were to refer to as stolen locations, meaning they really probably weren't even paying for where they were shooting. Um, and they had, you know, had to get it done, pack up, get out of there. Uh, so there were so many forms of technology that have been driven by the adult entertainment industry um, that forever, even book printing, you know, we all know about the Gutenberg Bible, pornography came really soon after. Interesting. So it's at every level, adults would like to be entertained and Yes, I think that that uh, the I think that um, androids and gynoids, as female androids are referred to, are going to be instituted first through the adult entertainment business. A- am I too Austin Powers that I want to call them fembots? Is that just wrong? <laughs> that's, that's, I love it. That's a, that's adorable, but don't forget, don't forget. Yeah. The character you're referring to is actually a dude bot. <laughs> that's true. No, that's true. <laughs> that's, true. Yeah. that's right. I was just um, saying on, on, the, on the women's side, I know it wouldn't be consistent if we called one android and the other one fembot, but I just I, I love that term. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say one more time, fembot. Isn't that a great term? <laughs> um, yeah, so, but, but it's great. So you've got to do something really cutting edge in robotics. Who do you go to? Do you go to... What are they called, Boston Dynamics? No way. Those things have, you know, it sounds like they got a, a chainsaw motor on them, right? And they walk <laughs> around and stuff. But, but you're not going to be able to, you know, pass one of those off as a human being. Who's actually making the robots that can, you can pass off as a human being? It's the people making the sex bots, right? So if, exactly. you're, if you're an international man of mystery, or not man, if you're an international entity <laughs> of, <laughs> of mystery out there, in the, right, and, and, and you need to function... For a while, who, who are you going to call? And, and actually, come to think of it, I, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, I won't say any more. I, I feel like I've probably, I've probably said more than I want to. But, but the point is, those are the folks who are leading it. They're the ones yes. who, are, who are really working on making robots that function like humans, that look like humans, that can pass for humans, that feel like humans, right? And, and there's going to be a huge market for them to be able to walk around, interact, basically do you know a, a, a core level of things that a human being can do in in basic interaction there is a huge market incentive for them to develop that that nobody else has right nobody working on military robots or anything else has a you know a straight line to revenue that these these folks have because once you have that working that's going to be huge for them it's going to be it's going to be a very strange world actually well there's already a hotel in i believe barcelona that uh, you know, the, the technological d- level of development of their dolls are more doll-like than bot-like, but, yeah. they are, but they do have some robotics 
in them. And, I mean, this is an entire bordello for bots. And, you know, this is what we're talking about. This is, wow. yeah. And China, just this week, said, oh, yeah, you companies who are developing sex bot loan-out companies, yeah, we don't want you to do that. And part of it was a, a morals issue, but part of it was they were afraid of the spread of disease, that these things would not, you know, oh, right. people being people would not clean them properly and that it would be a tremendous vector for sexually transmitted diseases. Um, Probably so that, a valid concern. Yes, exactly. So, so China has put the kibosh right now on that particular company who had a big business plan of, in essence, rental bots. Right, right. Because they're terribly expensive. Um, and yes, there are plenty of people who can afford them, but so many more people don't want to buy, they prefer to rent. Uh, so they'll work out, I'm sure at some point, the technological hygiene issues, but right now China said, no. Interesting. Well, China has a vested interest in this kind of technology coming along potentially just because of the demographic time bomb they're facing, right, in, in terms of um, the, the men outnumber the women, right, because of yes. the, uh, the one-child policy. And eventually they've either got to import women or have a lot of guys who just don't ever get to get married or think of an alternative. And this potentially would be one sort of technological alternative to that, I suppose. You would, you would think that that might be on the drawing board there for them anyway. Yeah, well, that's, that is, I, believe it or not, I actually think the reason they got the go-ahead to begin with was exactly what you said. Hmm. Um, that they were, you know, because when, when you have, and this is from a sociological standpoint, when you have a lot of unpartnered men in a society, and they're also dealing with, with the potential robotics explosion period within their economic system. When you have a lot of unemployed, unpartnered men, bad things happen politically. Uh, right. you, you have a lot of violence and, and disruption. So China's looking at that double whammy of a loss of jobs and a loss of women and trying to think, okay, what are we going to do to fix this? Wow. So, so many drivers behind things moving forward, things moving back. And you think what a big player China is and everything we're talking about. We talk about blockchain, there's China. We talked about, we talk about sex bots, right? And there's, there's China actually saying no now on this, which is huge too, right? If China says yes on something, it's huge. If they say no on something, it's huge. What other, uh, am I not thinking of big technologies or big trends in technology that you want to talk about that are, that are prominent in, in the the first book or this book or even in the book to come? Are there uh, other, other big trends that we should be thinking about? Well, one of the things that, that you know, I, I certainly did not enjoy writing uh, but had to be written was the use of uh, unmanned weapons. Yes, okay. And I think that's a really big issue. Um, Government seems like a really it seems like a slippery slope. There's no there's no natural stopping point for that, is there? Because you know nobody wants to send their young men and women into harm's way. Exactly right. right. That's exactly and and the and that's the thing, the impetus, the guiding spirit that have led them to develop these things is not a bad one. 
They're trying to save people's lives on their side. However, it could be a potentially horrific one. And that's something I think, you know, needs a lot of attention, a lot of concern, ethics, um, because what we call robots, first of all, the definition of robot is changing, which I'm finding really interesting. Um, How would you say it's changing? Well, when you talk to people who actually study robotics, and I'm talking about people like Julie Carpenter, Patrick Lynn, Keith Abney, um, whose specialty are the ethics of robotics, um, a lot of them would say that the notion of what we are starting to call robots has really evolved. And it's evolved from something that was building cars on the assembly line, which was literally, you know, it was the the drill that would, you know, where the arm would lower and the drill would drill in the one say into slot B and, uh, you know, and off it would go. And that was what we refer to as robots. Now robots are getting the definition that there's actually a more complex intelligence behind them and that the rest of these other things are now denigrated more as just simply tools. So the arm at the car assembly plant that has the drill on the end of it isn't a robot in a lot of people's minds anymore. Right. It's just a big factory floor tool. And that robots, we're assuming, are becoming more and more like us. And it's actually something I was thinking a lot about in identity because I talk about drones and I talk about other you know, robotic weapons. And there are a lot of people who would say, no, a drone isn't a, isn't a robot. Okay, but is it a robot if it comes with a hive mind personality that can make it make decisions on its own and be autonomous? So you know, so these are the things that we're still debating. That right. there, people actually can't decide what a robot is anymore because there's so many different potential avenues for what a robot could be. Right. Well, I always thought it was a misuse of the term to describe a, 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 an industrial arm or a drill or something like that as a robot. Because to me, a robot was always the thing in the Isaac Asimov books, right? That's, to me, that's where, the, the, that's where the term originates. And so ultimately, you know, I think of the, the character on Lost in Space, right? The robot, right? Yes, Robbie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, you know. Um, that's a robot. Some, it's something that is functioning kind of as a human, but as clearly a machine is a robot. And then it becomes an android when you can't tell them apart or something like that. I, I, you know, I suppose that it becomes fuzzy then. And those are like the good old tried and true science fiction definitions. So, so sci- science fiction owned the term before technology ever did. And it's interesting to see technology now struggling and finding its way back to the older definition of the, of the term, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. Uh, because now so much more is possible. Uh, you know, you look at those, Boston Dynamics robots, and they're extraordinary. I mean, I get really excited looking at them, and they also send a chill up my spine because there is that sense of uncanny valleyness with their movements, especially to me, the pack animals. Those are really extraordinary to watch because their movement is so pack animal-like. Yes, you know, but, and, and like the one, the, the dog that loads the dishwasher, you're just like, okay, guys, <laughs> wow. Uh, 
those, those robots, though, the thing is, you, you watch those videos and you go, that's really cool, but this would not be out of place in a nightmare. If I was asleep right now and having a nightmare, this thing could be in it. You know, you know what I mean? See, couldn't you see 10 years from now, you, you, know, you can still have your regular pets, but you're going to have one of them that's mechanical and does the dishes and vacuuming? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean that's like the other thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 dog that's putting the, the the cups in the dishwasher at Boston Dynamics is yeah. is hilarious, and you know, and I and I was fascinated when they they shot that video and they made sure they had a comedy beat in it where the dog slips on the banana peel. Right, right. And I thought that was so genius because it took the sting out of what they were portraying and made it goofy. Right, yeah. right. Well, one of their really yeah. famous YouTube videos is just, uh, it's a voiceover. It's called The Cursing Robot. And they did it. I didn't realize until I got to the end of the video that they had done it. But it's just a bunch of tests with this robot, and they've got him swearing at the guy who's, who's running the test. And it's just hilarious. It's one of the funniest things. <laughs> I have to see that I've never seen. Oh, you've got to just, just Google, uh, just Google. I think it's cursing robot. Google it. And it's, it's, it's wonderful because it's just that little bit of personality added to the scenes of, which otherwise are a little bit disturbing, you know, of, let me take the broom and I'll hit him in the chest and it knocks him over and then he has to get back up, right? Right. And you, you see, they go, well, we know it's just purely a mechanical system. There's no there there. There's, you know, there's, there, there's nobody there, so it's okay. But it feels funny. It feels funny that he's, that he's doing that. Well, of course, when they add the voiceover, then it becomes like a Three Stooges short. You know, you're, you're watching that and the, the violence or the disturbing side of it is contextualized in a way that really makes it, uh, I find it really entertaining. I, I pull that one up every now and then and watch it. It's one of my favorite videos, actually. So then the question becomes, when these robots bridge that gap between their more simple artificial intelligence, which is, you know, here's my goal, here's how I'm going to get there, um, and it's really just this simple goal-oriented machine, as opposed to putting in a more complex artificial intelligence who can make all kinds of choices. Um, that's where my interest clearly, I mean, that's what the book is about in many ways, clearly lies that who, what is the thought process behind the machine? Right. And is that thought process ethical? Right. And, and what's, What's scary is even if it theoretically is, right, um, it, you know, you talk, about, you talk about automated weapon systems, and I don't want to say too much about what happens in the book, so I'll, I'll talk about something else. I, I've been reading Nick Bostrom's book, Superintelligence, mm -hmm. and in that book he talks about how the financial crash occurred in 2010, and he talks about the algorithms on the trading systems, and within the parameters that were set up to protect people's assets and to keep you know, everyone's money safe and to make the most advantageous trade possible. These algorithms kind of got under each other's skin, right? They kind of sort of got into each other and drove, the, drove themselves into absurd places, right? Where they, where they were doing things that couldn't possibly have been within, within those original design parameters. And it was only because the, the, the dynamics of the trading situation were not something they'd ever simulated because nothing that ridiculous would ever happen, right? And yet right. It, it, only it only took a couple of odd little things happening to set them exactly into that direction, right? And suddenly things spin completely out of control. So even if you've, even if you've got the most 
well thought out and theoretically ethical system in the world, you just you you haven't thought about how these kinds of systems are going to interact with other systems that are also doing ethical things, and the outcomes aren't going to be what you <laughs> what you anticipate because because they're not really trying to be nice, right? They're they're ultimately they're really trying to get to a number, and they'll get to it one way or another, right? They'll figure they'll figure out a way to do it. That's correct. That's exactly right. And so, so these are the questions that I have about these kinds of systems. And again, my reason to write is I want people to understand what's coming. I want them to understand the potentials behind it. I want them to ask questions. And I want them to know that they have a right to say, hold on a second. Why, why are these trades being made this way? This is a possibility. What are we doing about this potential possibility? I think, you know, that's ultimately that's what uh, that's what we need science fiction to do for us in this day, right? When we've got so many possibilities unfolding and so many things kind of lying under the rocks, right? We can see we can see kind of the bright sunny fields ahead, but it's what's it's what's sitting under those rocks that we really have to that we really have to watch out for. But I have to say, for all that, it's still a heck of a page turner and just a fun read in, in, oh, in every thank way you. that a thriller can be. It's just uh, it's a lot of fun. And I, I already mentioned that I, that I was highly amused, maybe more amused than I should be, but I was highly amused by the whole sex bot thing. My favorite line, okay, and I don't think this spoils it for anyone else, but pronouns, dude. I just love that <laughs> so much. I, that was well, so embedded because you look at it and you go, well, I'm not sure who's right there, actually. Uh, you know, I see, I see her point, but I'm not sure he was wrong. And uh, I actually stopped and tried to, tried to figure out uh, who had the right answer. And you know where she's coming from in saying it. And, exactly. And you know where he's coming from in, in saying what he said. I'm sorry, this is, this is all inside baseball. Read the book. When you get to pronouns, dude, give me a call, folks, listening in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss. But it was great because I laughed out loud, and then I thought, I don't know who's right. I actually don't know who has the right answer on that. Uh, but, but I, well, but I, I was understand. trying to explore. I was trying to explore every aspect of identity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and that comes that comes on the heels of one of the just most complicated seductions ever. I will just say without. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> without getting any more into it than that. I'm just all I'm saying is folks, there's some really interesting stuff going on in this book. You'll you will enjoy it immensely if uh if you're anything like me. I, I, I think uh, I think it's great. I'm really looking forward to the next one. Are there are there any hints you want to give us about what's gonna what's next for major, the major Tama verse, if you will. What what's 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 gonna be going on in that world uh it, it, uh, and also while you're at it, tell us, will that complete the whole story or will you have more stories to tell in that same world? What do you think? Well, supposedly it will complete the story. Uh, That is is what my publisher is paying me for. Um, But really, I may come back to it another time. I don't know if I could just... It it will close the story. There there will be a sense of closure. Uh, Even though I thought when I wrote Identity... I'm sorry, I thought when I wrote Revolution that there was a sense of closure. Yes, there was some ambiguity at the end, and I did leave it a little open-ended, but I didn't expect so many people to say, well, no, obviously there's another book coming. Um, So I'm going to try to close out 
conscience, oh, sorry, uh, yeah, conscience with a, the potential of something else, and I could always spin those things off, but it should be a complete trilogy. Well, that's going to do it for part two of our three-part interview with PJ Manny. We will be back on Friday for the conclusion of our interview with PJ, which includes a very special geek out, so you don't want to miss that. Look forward to being with you all then, and until next time, live to see it. <laughs>